You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We got uh, the signature columns up for you, my Week 10 Picks Against the Spread, as well as my Start Sit column, The Decider, which also serves as a rankings for the week. We also will have our Sleeper and Bus Picks as a staff. Anything else you need to know, injury updates and all that. We'll get into everything here regarding the games of week number 10. We have another 14-game slate, so we'll do a double dose of matchups for you as usual. So we'll do the first half of the game's matchup Wednesday here, starting with Thursday Night Football between the Ravens and Dolphins. And then tomorrow we'll cover all the games through the Sunday and Monday night games there for you, the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Rams and the 49ers. So a couple of uh, teams there... uh, in the West to close the week. So a lot of good stuff here. We'll go and take care of the first half of the schedule today, back half tomorrow there. So we'll go deep dive in here, both sides of every matchup, look at it from a gambling perspective on top of fantasy football. Before we do that, I've got to tell you here, uh, thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available for you on all platforms. And I'm also proud to say that this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, let's uh, dive right in. We'll start with Thursday Night Football. We'll uh, focus a little bit more on that. It's the first game of the week. Baltimore goes into Miami. They're 7.5 point favorites. The Ravens are. 46.5 is the over-under. I really like the Ravens to take care of business here on a short week. The Dolphins coming off a win against the Texans. The Ravens outlasting the Vikings. The purple-purple matchup in overtime there. Lamar Jackson just taking over. He did have two interceptions that game, but first player there to have 40 pass attempts and three TDs with 266 yards passing. And he also had 20-plus uh, rushing attempts, got over 100 yards, or 120 to be exact there against the Vikings. So he's coming off a monster game. He's back to doing his running thing. They're passing a lot because his defense has struggled. The thing here is there's not going to be a lot of resistance from the Dolphins in this one because we're looking at maybe Jacoby Brissett, probably Jacoby Brissett here. Tua Tagvola is a game-time decision here. But I don't see the Dolphins' offense putting much of a fight here. I know it's at home, so that helps them a little bit here in the Ravens' defense can be a little leaky, so that's what you want for Lamar to put up the big numbers, but we've also seen Lamar in his 2019 MVP campaign, which started in Miami against the Dolphins, put up big numbers, and the Ravens poured on offensively as well, so and Lamar doing a lot of running, he's taking over the rushing lead here with Devonta Freeman, more the complimentary running back with Latavius Murray expected to miss another game, so I love Devonta Freeman being active again here. Good RB2 flex play here. Le'Veon Bell, deep league. Maybe you look at him as a flex because he's been scoring quite a bit with Freeman as well. Ravens should score pretty much at will in this game. So looking at another touchdown here for Marquise Brown. Downfield, big plays. If you remember Jackson Brown, 2019 opener. uh, Both guys that are from South Florida went off together big time. That was Brown's first game as a rookie. So his NFL debut was pretty auspicious. It got Jackson going here. 
And both these guys are going to like the homecoming short week. Dolphins defense, pretty overwhelmed at this point. Did have a good game last week against the Texans. Played a little bit better two weeks ago against the Bills, but still not a very good defense here for Brian Flores. So Jackson should be have a great day of running. I mean, the Dolphins have been bad against the run. So Freeman and Jackson should have their way here. And then they get into the red zone, it's going to be lights out. So I expect Mark Andrews to get back in the end zone this one. It's been up and down for Mark Andrews. He's had some big games. I think he's not come through the way you expect. He's still the tight end two on the board, but you want Mark Andrews to score a little bit more. And his uh, value has been a little hurt by Rashad Bateman coming back there and giving him a legitimate number two wide receiver upgrade there over uh, Sammy Watkins, who's been hurt here. Watkins could be back in the mix here, but Devin Duvernay we've seen get involved a little bit, as well as a track star, big play threat. So, again, Marquise Brown is still the number one. He's a wide receiver one this week, as usual. Lamar and Marquise Brown could be up there as the number one overall if their positions this week. That's how good this matchup is. Andrews and uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Darren Waller back to that elite status here. Freeman is a pretty good value here as long as he keeps uh, getting the key touches and the potential to score here. And again, Bell could have a back-end score. So looking at the Ravens, everything Ravens that you usually look at, you can go with in this game, including Justin Tucker. And we haven't been going with the Ravens' defense much because they've struggled here without Marcus Peters and some playmakers on the back end. And they've also not generated a lot of pass rush. But I think that could change here, especially if it's Jacoby Brissett. We've seen the Ravens have a few flash defensive games. We saw that against the Chargers. So again, if it's Brissett, you feel a lot better. Tua, you might cool off a little bit because it's a road game here at night. But So I think the Ravens would be a good spot here. The game script should be positive. So the pass rush should be able to pin its ears back and uh, force some turnovers here in the second half as well. So... Like everything that you can imagine on the Ravens within reason here. So the biggest stretch you would take is Bell. But again, if you're desperate running back, you could definitely go in that direction this week. Now look, let's look at the Dolphins and their side of things. I mean, Miles Gaskin you can play, but I'm looking at more at flex production here. He's been a borderline RB2, but just very hard to extract points, especially when he's losing fumbles, not getting consistent receiving work. He's getting the touches, but they don't always add up to something great. The good news is here is Malcolm Brown is not in the game. We know he's on IR, and Salvan Ahmed is not seeing a lot of touches, period. But And if Gaskin continues to put the ball on the ground, he could easily be benched in this game. And we know they can somehow go away from the run very early. I don't see the Dolphins having a lot of opportunities in this one, especially if it's Brissett in there for Tagovola. The best matchup here for the Dolphins by far is Mike Gusecki at tight end. He's been right there scoring behind uh, Kelsey and Andrews at tight end. He's had that big of a season here for Miami. Tua likes him a lot. I know Brissett also has thrown to Gusecki quite a bit as well. Jalen Waddell, I like him as a wide receiver three. So garbage time, you figure the Dolphins are going to throw quite a bit. Good yardage day for Waddell. I think Gusecki, if someone's going to score for the Dolphins, uh, he's a good bet here to do that in this game. But I think it's going to be a Ravens romp. Dolphins are going to try to get their garbage points in the passing game. That's why I don't feel it for Gaskin because the positive game script is not going to happen here. And... Again, if Tua misses the game, it really downgrades everyone a little bit. Except for Gusecki, he's more of a security blanket. It definitely hurts Waddle a little bit should Brissett play. But Waddle still might be the best wide receiver three option you have just based on talent alone and volume in this one. Gusecki, again, should be the most pleasing Dolphin player here. The Ravens, not very good at covering the tight end. They also lost their safety here, Deshaun Elliott. So a lot of opportunities there for sure. Let's go to another game, and this is on uh, Sunday afternoon in the 1 p.m. Eastern Time window. It's the Jaguars and the Colts. The Colts are 10.5-point favorites, so yet another 
easy matchup here at home in Indianapolis. Remember, they started pretty tough. They saw the Seahawks and Rams, and some of the games were just brutal. The Colts are trying to get back to 500. They're four and five. The Jaguars coming off a shocking, low-scoring, grinding win against the Bills here. So, Jaguars haven't been a very good road team. They've won in London. They've won in Jacksonville. But when they've not been at home, they've been pretty bad here. So I'm going to avoid everything I can for the Jaguars. The good news, the good news is the one Jaguar that we really like and has produced over the past two seasons, even when they've had been a good team, James Robinson expected a return from his heel injury. So he missed a lot of that Seahawks game two weeks ago. Didn't play at all last week against the Bills in that tough matchup. But now Robinson gets to get going against the Colts. So Robinson will have a decent game. He had a good history against Indianapolis last year. And the Colts running game is tough. Robinson gets it in the passing game. He's going to get a lot of touches. He has a good chance to score for the Jaguars if anyone does here. But good news on the Robinson front. If you've been missing him, last week was brutal to not have him. It was a tough matchup anyway against the Bills. Carlos Hyde didn't really inspire that one. So Robinson should get the ball often here for sure. Now, I also like uh, Dan Arnold in this game. The Colts play that underneath coverage here. He's the guy they're throwing to underneath. If you're desperate, you can look at Jamal Agnew as they're throwing shorter passes. But the two guys that you really can't trust right now are Marvin Jones Jr. and LaVisca Chenault Jr. Now, they could get going in this game with the Colts coverage shell and all that, but you really trust it. It's been a lot of Arnold and Agnew here. So I think start the Jaguars wide receiver at your own risk in this one. I mean, you don't know where it's going to go between Jones, Chenault, and uh, Agnew, we know it's going to go to Dan Arnold quite a bit. He's been a security blanket here for Trevor Lawrence. The Colts coverage would say that. So Dan Arnold, the best asset of the receiving core to play in, as well as James Robinson on the checkdowns. That also means I'm not going Trevor Lawrence here on the road against the Colts defense. They've had a mini-buy, well-rested here, so they should play rather well in this one. At home, the Colts is a defense you can stream this week for sure because of that. I think that'll be a little bit better for you. They've got a lot of holes. They'll be better than they were in the previous game against the Jets, I think, with a few things uh, put together and a little bit healthier this week. Then elsewhere, the Colts, uh, Carson Wentz, as consistent as they come, a quarterback, you have to keep playing him. I mean, he's really playing well of late, uh, cutting down on turnovers for the most part, except for that Titans game, but he still was very productive there. So Carson Wentz is back in QB1. Jonathan Taylor, yet again, elite RB1, and maybe in the top two, three, maybe first overall once again for a second straight week. Uh, He's getting it done. I think Naeem Hines a little bit desperate if you're chasing the points from the Jets matchup the previous week. I think you could be sorely disappointed. Start a cold tight end at your own risk. Mo Cox was disappointed the last two weeks with very limited usage. You also have had uh, other guys step in. Jack Doyle has now scored in two straight games. So that's the hard thing about the Colts is you're touchdown dependent and you're not sure if it's Ali Cox or or Doyle going to be catching the touchdown. But we love Wentz. We love Taylor. We also love Michael Pittman Jr. Don't look at the Jaguars and their past defense from last week. They also gave up quite a bit, by the way, to Stephon Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders. So that should really sort out well for Pittman. I think he's a good bet to score another touchdown here from Carson Wentz. So we'll see if T.Y. Hilton can return from his concussion. There's some question mark about that. But Carson Wentz seems to get it done, whether it's a back or tight end or Pittman. He seems to put up the numbers. Zach Paschal could be a desperation play here should uh, Hilton miss another game here. So some things to look at. But I do like the Colts in this one. Very lopsided. Everything you can get in for the Colts. Even Michael Badgley, if he's uh, still kicking there over Rodrigo Blankenship, you can look at him. So kind of the Colts and Ravens in these uh, two early games we talked about against lesser AFC opponents. Get in as many as you can and maybe you extend a little bit to get some points here this week in fantasy football. All right, that's just two games on the slate. We'll uh, 
get into the Browns-Patriots game in New England in our next segment, as well as the Falcons-Cowboys game. Then we'll close with the Bills, Jets, Saints, Titans, and not least here, the Bucks returning from their bye, as well as Washington returning from its bye, playing each other there also on Sunday. We'll get into all that here, but I do have to tell you more about Get Upside Fantasy Football fans. This is Vinny I with an incredible app everyone who need, buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back in your first tank. Some people drive a lot or are making as much as two, $300 a month in cash back, and there's no cash. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime in your bank account, PayPal, or need gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back in your first tank. That's the promo code TOUCHDOWN there at GetUpside. All right, time to continue the show. Again, we will look at Cleveland, New England, and Atlanta and Dallas here. Thanks once again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. All right, let's look at this uh, Browns-Patriots game. It is a one-and-a-half point spread in favor of the Patriots, essentially a pick for being the home team. Now, this is the Browns would be one-and-a-half point favorites if this game was in Cleveland. 45-and-a-half is the over-under. Let's start with the Browns. We're sorting out an issue there with Nick Chubb. He's on the COVID-19 list there, as well as uh, Demetric Felton, by the way, from the running back room. Both guys are vaccinated, so they have a chance to play this week. They're not playing on Thursday night. There's, they can get the false positive or get the clearance over multiple tests here to be cleared by Saturday to play. So I wouldn't panic about Nick Chubb just yet. That's a long time to get on the right side of things here, but there's also a chance he doesn't uh, pass those tests and doesn't play here. So Dernis Johnson, if you're desperate there, you can play him, but I think it's a lot easier for the pass to take away Dernis Johnson Look, Johnson was very good in that Broncos game and very productive. That offensive line really played well. Patriots, you can run on here, but and I would expect Chubb plays. Chubb looked awesome last week, which is also the bummer if he can't go this week. He just destroyed the Bengals, had a long touchdown there. So Chubb is in looking fine shape, no issue with the calf injury. So we'll go operating now that he's going to play and be a big part and be an RB1 in this one. Durant Johnson more f- falls into flex category in this one if he can't go. He's just not the same type of runner, and the Pats would really do everything they can to stop him and force Baker Mayfield to beat them in the passing game. So, Speaking of the Browns' passing game, this uh, Patriots secondary is very good. Even without Jonathan Jones there, you have J.C. Jackson. You've got uh, the safeties, all that. So you can't trust any Browns wide receiver. I know Donovan Peoples-Jones had a long touchdown last week. Jarvis Landry, if you're going somewhere, you can maybe look at him as a wide receiver three this week, but... The way Baker spreads around all these guys, and I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Look at the 45-and-a-half over-under. I think it could be lower than that. These two defenses are playing really well. So it really could be a game in the teens of this one. And a lot of what we saw in that Broncos-Browns game, a lot of grinding there. Hopefully it's Chubb. And again, Chubb will feel a little bit better about in this particular matchup than I do. Dearness there if he would be the guy with Chubb potentially missing the game. So, again, avoid all the other pass targets if you can, including Mayfield, tying it all together, and uh, maybe looking Landry at best here in this one as he's a guy that they can scheme up and all over the field inside and outside where Peoples-Jones is a big play threat and the Patriots have pretty much contained that this season. And also pretty good against the tight end. So, Brown's defense you can look at 
by the way, because it's Mac Jones, still rookie quarterback on the other side. They had a huge game last week. Denzel Ward returned. They made a big play right away with that uh, pick six that went uh, 98 yards in one direction. So, yeah, Browns' defense starting to come together. Miles Garrett playing like the defensive player of the year. J.D. Clowney is healthy and playing off him. Here, their linebackers are looking better. So, all kinds of plays to be made. You can also look at the Patriots' defense in this one against Mayfield. And that's how the game's going to be. A lot of attrition, a lot of (laughs) just short drives and grinding and not a lot of points in this one. So, no Mac Jones. I don't even like Hunter Henry in this one. The Browns are pretty good against a tight end. They've been a lot better. You can't look at any Patriots receiver and start them with confidence. Even Jacoby Myers in the slot. The Browns have been much better when they have all their secondary guys healthy. So... And the running game, you hope for the best. The Browns have been good against the run. We'll have to see that situation. What was the severity of Damon Harris and or Ramondre Stevenson's head injury from that uh, game against the Panthers last week? We'll find out a little bit more when the practice reports come out. And we know the Patriots are going to make everyone limited, everyone questionable. So we got to figure that out as we go along this week. But still feel like Harris is going to be the guy. There's no indication that... Uh, He's going to miss time. They could have pulled him out of the game last week because it was out of hand and they were in control against Sam Darnold and the Panthers. So a lot of mystery over that, but we should have some clarification. If it if it's not him, then uh, maybe Stevenson, but Stevenson, if he's in some kind of injury status, then you would say it's next Brandon Bolden and J.J. Taylor. So it could be a mess. The only one I really feel great about is Harris, given the Browns are a tough matchup against the run. So really the running backs and defenses, if you're doing DFS stack, that's where I'll go in this game, but I'm not feeling anything in the passing game for either team in this one for sure. It's going to be one of the ugliest games of the week, and I think 45.5 is rather generous there. I do like the Browns to steal this game. I think they're the better overall team, and we could see that play out in this game. All right, the next matchup we'll look at is the Falcons. They're nine-point road underdogs at 55. It is a Sam E. Hagar over-under here against the Cowboys on the road. Falcons looked really good on the road last week against the Saints. Matt Ryan was doing work here. No Calvin really didn't matter. Kyle Pitts in tough matchup didn't matter. He got it done with Olamide Zacchaeus, Russell Gage, and Cordero Patterson. So you got to credit Arthur Smith. I mean, he keeps reinventing the wheel here for what the Falcons need to do. He made a big, smart decision to go with Patterson as a featured guy at the hybrid and the backfield and give him more touches than Corey Davis or Mike Davis, that's really paid off here for the Falcons. So Mike Davis has been a dud because of Patterson. So Patterson, you play him every week. He just keeps on producing yards, touchdowns, it doesn't matter. He's a key part of what the Falcons want to do offensively, especially with no Ridley in there. Kyle Pitts is a good matchup. The Cowboys have been rather banged up at safety and can give up points to that or position. Uh, they probably would have given up a big game to Noah Fan if he played last week, but he's on the COVID-19 list. Kyle Pitts is not on any list. He can uh, dominate this uh, Cowboys team to put up some numbers here. So if you're going to go with a Falcons receiver, I might look at Russell Gage more. I mean, he's a guy that I think by default, as we saw with Ridley and Jones were hurting last week or last season, that we saw a lot of uh, Gage. Uh, Tajay Sharp is a hit or miss guy here. As we saw, he disappeared last week after a big game. Zacchaeus is more of a slot guy in a certain matchup they can exploit here. Just not a guy that you can trust in the volume. But I, I think the volume is certainly going to keep coming to Gage playing off Pitts here. So Gage in play as a wide receiver three of flex. Kyle Pitts, as usual, is a tight end one. Matt Ryan, you can definitely stream. He looked really good last week. Cowboys giving up points and uh, should be throwing quite a bit that high over under here opposite Dak Prescott. Patterson locked and loaded. Davis avoid. 
Patterson will get it done in some form. As a uh, runner, receiver, scorer, he gets it done for you every week. Here, Avoid the Falcons' defense. Don't chase the points from the Broncos' game last week. Now, the Cowboys, this should be a get-well game for them. That's why this nine-point spread. Dak Prescott should feel a little bit healthier. Second week removed from the calf injury. I think he was a little bit rusty and off last week, and that led to the Broncos uh, taking over. The Cowboys not converting a lot of fourth downs. We've put them in a predicament here in a hole. So I, I figure Dak will rebound. I think C.D. Lamb will rebound. This Falcons secondary, A.J. Terrell has been in and out of the lineup. He's a young corner that can be exploited. You have Kendall Sheffield as well on the back end. So C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, get well game for them. Plus, there's a reinforcement on the way here for Dak Prescott. Every indication is that Michael Gallup will be activated off IR with his calf injury and come and uh, displace Cedric Wilson as the number three threat. Remember, he's involved quite a bit here. So if you're desperate at wide receiver, you got some bye week issues here, Michael Gallup should be good to go, and they want to get him going. I think he's a key target to get Dak Prescott going. And what that also means is Gallup returns with Cedric Wilson. You have Lamb and Cooper, good secondary matchup. That's going to mean not very good things for Dalton Schultz. Blake Jarwin was on the shelf last week, which helped uh, Schultz. Uh, we'll see if Jarwin misses more time, but I think it pivots more to the wide receiver spreading the field with three and four wide receiver sets now that Wilson has played well with Prescott and Cooper Rush here. So he's going to be staying part of the offense, spread the field, throw on the Falcons. They're a better run defense, but they have actually given up a lot of points here. So Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, I think, again, get well game for pretty much all your Cowboys the one I would avoid against Dalton Schultz, and we can't play Wilson with Gallup returning. Cowboys defense you can look at. I mean, Matt Ryan's been up and up and down, so maybe you get a key turnover there in the second half. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is due for another big interception and a pick six, and so maybe that comes here in the second half uh, once Matt Ryan has put up some garbage stats here in fantasy football. All right, so that's a breakdown of two more games. So we love doing this. We love talking football and looking at all the in-depth uh, matchups here for you on Lockdown Fantasy Football. We do that. Every Wednesday and every Thursday here for you, matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday, is a double shot of breaking down the week ahead. Before we uh, finish uh, the first half look here with uh, three more games, i got to tell you about Built Bar being the best-tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down, but Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high-protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. There are so many flavors. Another great thing about Built Bar, these mouth-watering flavors include coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So check their website out. Often, you won't want to miss out. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, it's time to close the show looking at the three more matchups on the early side of games here for week number 10. We'll do the back end again all the way through Sunday night in Monday Night Football. Big games at the end there with the Chiefs, Raiders, and the Rams 49ers. Now we're going to look at the Bills-Jets game. Not as juicy, but the Bills did lose last week to the Jaguars in a lower matchup situation on the road. So try and rebound here in a different spot uh, back near their home state in New Jersey. 13 and a half is the spread here in favor of the Bills. So another big number that the Bills definitely didn't get close to taking care of last week. 
47 and a half is the over-under. So the one thing that did not let down is the Bills' defense last week. So let's quickly go over to the Jets. Mike White should be returning to start, but no, you can't start him against the Bills. The Bills really shut down the Jaguars last week. So the only thing I would play here, the only person I would play here for the Jets is Michael Carter. I think he'll still get the key touches, maybe some garbage time opportunities. Mike White seemed to like checking down to him more so than the Josh Johnson. So again, with the Jets, Michael Carter, you got to play, but drop him down more to flex versus RB2 this week. But anything else, Corey Davis, we'll see if he returns to the hip injury, but tough matchup with Tredavious White. Don't like Elijah Moore, James Crowder. I also don't like the way they're spreading the ball around to too many people. With uh, Zach Wilson, at least, it was all Corey Davis all the time. But White has actually been a better quarterback in reality because he's spreading it around, but that doesn't really help us in fantasy. So don't go chase Elijah Moore's game. Remember, half of that came, or most of it came with Johnson. He did score with White, but... Again, not going in that direction in this particular matchup here with the Jets wide out. So, I mean, Bill's secondary is legit. Their pass rusher is great. Not expecting a lot. So, maybe some uh, garbage time check down and scoring there from Carter. That's about it. For the Bills, in theory, it should be a good rebound game for all their players. But they were big disappointment last week. Let's watch Zach Moss with a concussion. If Devin Singletary gets a lot of the touches, that's going to be good. They might reestablish and try to get the running game back on track. They've been... So far, using Cole Beasley as kind of a default short-passing game person to extend the running game. I hate that kind of terminology, but the Bills have uh, got a little pass-happy, and uh, teams have realized that. They're daring them to run the ball, throw short, and Josh Allen has struggled with that a little bit. It's uh, kind of the Patrick Mahomes defense. Now, Robert Sala is smart enough. He does play zone. It's that uh, Seahawks, 49ers type of defense here, so that is going to be a case again. So the Bills need to run against this front, and the Jets give up a lot on the ground. So if Moss is out, Singletary is a great play this week. I think he bumps up to RB2 based on this matchup. So something we'll monitor there, and we'll get a better idea with the practice reports there. But if Moss does plays, then both of them drop into flex here consideration. So they got to get the running game going here. So Cole Beasley in the slot. We saw the Jets really struggle last week. They're uh, covering everything inside, so... Beasley is more of a wide receiver three this week. I like Emmanuel Sanders as a wide receiver two. Stefan Diggs is a wide receiver one. Josh Allen should rebound with all those weapons as a QB one. They are hurting with Dawson Knox, so we'll see if he returns. If Knox is in there, you got to play him against the Jets as well. So player principles for the Bills. Singletary and Moss, uh, give them another chance if they get in there. Again, the Jets run defense a lot worse here, really, than their secondary. So that's something to keep in mind. Temporary expectations for Sanders and Beasley. Diggs, however, should go off in this game. And, uh, again, Bills defense, everything you can with the Bills within reason is playable. Everything you can for the Jets is unplayable, save for Carter if you need him there as a running back. All right, let's go to Nashville and look at the Saints-Titans game. Two teams that have kind of surprised here playing a defense and running the ball and the attrition battles. And Saints have had a very good defense all season long. They get to face their former Saint, Adrian Peterson, so I think Peterson gets a touchdown in this game to salvage himself as an RB2 type player. That's just the way Peterson works. We've seen it with Washington before, with Detroit, that if he gets the key to opportunities here, which he should get uh, upwards to 15 carries in this one. He had 10 last week, so he fell a little short of that, but he did find the end zone. He's going to be a little bit more effective there. So Dante Foreman, Jeremy Nichols, not looking at them at all. 
Peterson again, tough matchup against the Saints run defense, but last week was also not great with the yardage wise. But I think the touchdown is going to help him be viable. And you got to play someone if you've lost Derrick Henry and you have Peterson. I think he's your best option here of that in this uh, not very good matchup for the running game. AJ Brown is expected to see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore in this game. Well, second straight tough matchup. He saw Jalen Ramsey last week. We know he's contained. A.J. Brown is still A.J. Brown. He's a guy that is the number one. They can scheme him open. They can put him in the slot. So I'm not too worried about A.J. Brown, but I do like Julio Jones in this game. Remember, he owned the Saints a little bit as a member of the Falcons. So familiar foe here. And Lattimore figures to be on Brown. So that's going to help. Uh, the Saints have given up quite a bit to wide receivers, surprisingly, with Lattimore. Part of it is they shut down the run for the most part. So, again, I don't love Ryan Tannehill in this game. They're really rough on quarterbacks. I think the... Matt Ryan game was a bit of an anomaly last week. And uh, again, Ryan Tannehill is so run game dependent for his numbers. We saw that last week. They won with defense. And you didn't have to see Tannehill put the ball up quite a bit last week. So, not interested in Tannehill. Playing Brown, but I think the matchup drops him down a little bit this week. Jones has some upside after coming back with a hamstring injury last week. And so, that's where I'm going here. So, Jones more as a wide receiver three. Brown still a wide receiver one. Peterson more of a flex play because of uh, this defense that they're facing. And the Titans' defense, you could look at them. This depends how they work it out here between the Saints. So Trevor Simmons did protect the ball last week, so something to keep in mind there. It was a Falcons' defense. So we'll see the Titans have been playing well. They shut down the Rams last week. So some opportunities there if it's Simeon again. If it's Taysom Hill, might be less interested in streaming the Titans' defense. I do like streaming the Saints' defense in this one again. Titans very run-dependent to open up the passing game. The Saints very run-dominant in terms of their defense, so good opportunity for the Saints. So if I was going with the defense in this game, chasing the points from last week, you would say the Titans are the play, but in reality, I think the Saints are the better defensive play, and I do like the Saints actually to win this game. You might be figuring it out. So they're three-point underdogs, so not much there except for home field in favor of Tennessee, 44-and-a-half being the over-under. So not a high-scoring game, but I think the Saints will have more offensive success than you think. Alvin Kamara, we'll see. He's had a bit of an injury here. I think he'll play through it. Something we'll watch there, but Mark Ingram might have, see a little bit more work than usual here beyond Alvin Kamara, but Kamara's the key ticket, whether it's Simeon or Kamara, or Hill in there, Kamara's still a key role. So we'll, we'll monitor that. Uh, Kamara, let's hope he's not the latest key running back to miss time, but if he's not in there, Ingram bumps up to RB2 status. Kamara is an RB1. Should he go? Now, what do you do with the re receiving core for the Saints? I mean, you tried Marcus Callaway. We've uh, looked at uh, Adam Troutman a bit at tight end. Troutman is seeing a little bit bigger of a role, but the Titans are very good at covering the tight end. Last week, they gave up a little bit more than usual to Tyler Higby. So it's a tough matchup, though. You have Kevin Byard and all that. So the guy that I'm circling here, if you're desperate at wide receiver this week, it's not Callaway. It's Deontay Harris. I think the Titans are going to have a lot of trouble with Harris. He profiles a little bit like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, kind of that quick guy that has some speed, get him in the open field. He has a great matchup this week. So Deontay Harris, again, he's the sleeper of the week for me. I love him in DFS this week. Really cheap play. There's a good connection between him and Simeon. He's involved with Hill as well. So, again, the Titans secondary is not all that. They still give up games to Woods and Cup. Last week, despite the other dominance up front, and the Saints' offensive line is pretty good, so they can protect Simeon. That also helps. That's what another reason I don't like the Titans. I think uh, defensively they're good, but last I think they faced a weaker offensive line. I think the Rams are not as good right now as the Saints up front are with all their guys healthy. So 
that's the biggest point there that's helping uh, the principals there to protect Simeon, help the running game, whoever's in there, Kamara Ingram, and also facilitate downfield balls. And I think that's where Harris makes his uh, hey here. I think he has a very good day, and he scores a touchdown as well for New Orleans, and New Orleans wins this game. So that's how I feel about it. And he's the guy again. He should be available out there in a lot of leagues if you're hurting at wide receiver for sure. All right, let's uh, pivot to Bucks and Washington. Doesn't look good for Antonio Brown. He was still in a walking boot here. He missed a couple games of the ankle injury before the bye, so not feeling good about Antonio Brown playing. So there's a possible replacement. Deontay Harris, if you're counting on Antonio Brown, he's not coming back this week. Mike, that would mean a lot of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to dominate the Washington secondary. Not very good. William Jackson, the third, has been a very disappointing pickup. He's been hurt. The Bengals' uh, former corner, so... You can roast them on the back end. They're giving up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So Tom Brady, rest of that uh, body, and he's back to put up some more numbers. So, And we know they're relentless as well, and Washington can be pretty good at stopping the run. So that all points to Tom Brady going off in this game per usual. So I'd be disappointed if he doesn't have three touchdowns, quite frankly. I mean, he's going to have three touchdowns, 300 yards are likely in a high-volume passing game. And what, what I like about Tom Brady, it doesn't matter about the game script. They're going to throw and be relentless, keep him in until they absolutely obliterate a team. And I think they're going to do that with the Washington football team. And I think there's going to be some resistance, too, with Washington playing a little bit better offense. Uh, Taylor Heineke starting. I think he'll have a decent game. Remember the playoff game? He was not bad against the Bucks. He did some running. He did some scoring there with his arm and leg. So deep sleeper again. Taylor Heineke, if you're desperate in streaming situation, you can look at it here. But Tom Brady, QB1. Mike Evans, wide receiver one. Chris Godwin, wide receiver one, assuming there's no Brown. We'll see about Rob Gronkowski. Back spasms are a tough thing to return from. I know he was missing a lot of time with the ribs, but now it's the other side that's hurting him. So we'll see. I, I think it's very questionable that he returns this week. I mean, it's Gronk. I mean, we know he's a little bit older, beat down. It's harder for him to play here. So that's another reason to maybe bump up Evans and Godwin should Gronk stay on the shelf here with Brown. In the running game, you're going to play Leonard Fournette, but Washington has been pretty decent against the run, so be wary of that. But he's Fournette. He's getting the volume. The game script should be positive here, and they're 9.5-point favorites here. So that's says Fournette could be playing closer with a really big lead here for the Bucks. Uh, don't like Gio Bernard. They're not going to have check-down opportunities a lot that they need him for. Ronald Jones, we know, is pretty much uh, out there droppable. Don't pick him up in leagues. He doesn't have much value here down the stretch. You can also play the Bucks defense. Figure Heineke will still make some mistakes here and should be a little bit healthier there overall. Their secondary is still on the mend, but uh, their front seven still has a plenty to go after Washington. Now, I can't recommend Antonio Gibson. It looks like he played through some kind of fracture in his shin. That's why he wasn't all that effective. So it could be a lot of Jared Patterson spelling him on the early downs. We know we've already seen J.D. McKissick. The Bucks do give up a lot in the passing game So to running backs because they stopped the run. So... Again, Washington should abandon the run pretty early. That doesn't help Gibson or Patterson this game. So it could be a McKissick dump-off game, check-downs, trail from behind, especially with the Heineke in there and feeling a little bit better. So McKissick maybe have some value in a PPR-leaning leagues as a potential flex play this week. But, yeah, avoid Gibson if you can. I just don't trust how healthy he is. And, again, this matchup is terrible there against the Bucks' run defense. So it's all going to have to come in the passing game. And we know if there's any question about its health in the second half of their trailing, they're just going to feed McKissick and uh, be careful with Gibson's usage there. So pivoting away from Gibson if you can. I do like Terry McLaurin in this game. The Bucks secondary is beat up. I also think Logan Thomas should return here from the hamstring injury. That's the indication. 
do some practice work and be activated for the game. That's going to destroy Ricky Seals-Jones' target, but Logan Thomas, fire him up if you need him at tight end. They're, you know that Heineke, just like Ryan Fitzpatrick would have, is going to target the principals. They still have a mess of wide receiver away from McLaurin here with the, the health issues. We'll see if they get a little bit of help on that front, but you figure just based on targets alone, McLaurin, McLaurin, we call him McLaren because he's also known as Formula One, Scary Terry, whatever you want. He should get a lot of volume with McKissick and Thomas in this game, as we naturally expect here from Washington. So the passing game assets have some value here this week in this uh, Buccaneers matchup, studying their defense, of course. Uh, they did play a little bit better before the bye, but still not completely trusting them at all here with the mess under uh, Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. Again, matchup Wednesday is followed by matchup Thursday. We'll break down the back half, the seven games, just like we did here. Look at the over-unders and spreads and uh, the matchups in detail for you here at Locked on Fantasy Football. Make sure you're also checking out Locked on Bets here on the network. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from gambling expert Lee Sterling. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow for Matchup Thursday.